Welcome to Momentum Church. Y'all are really awake today, man. Man, I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time today, man. So we're starting our second week in this home cooking series, and you can tell by looking at me, I like some home cooking. I can tell by looking at some of y'all, you do too. (laughs) But I want you to open your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 5, and we'll get there here in a second, Matthew chapter 5. And last week I told you there's something about the way mama and grandma can just put those right ingredients in that just makes that, that meal, mm, right, Rachel? Like, mom, she, there's nobody cook like mom, right? And, and that's how my mom and my, my, grandmother, my grandmother was, my mom is. And, but Jesus, when it came to putting the ingredients together for the spiritual family that we're a part of, he had some ingredients that he wanted us to place in there. He didn't want us to miss. And I was looking at Matthew chapter 5, and I'm not going to preach on all eight of the Beatitudes this series, but we're going to preach on a good number of them. And so with that, as I looked at that, man, that's that's the mix. That's what we want in the mix. We we want these Beatitudes. We want these, these blessings to be added into the mix if we want that family to be what we desire it to be. And so Matthew 5, 6, we saw last week, we said, blessed, everybody say blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, is what we saw. Everybody rub your belly. Mm. Yeah, they shall be filled. And we saw that last week. And that idea of blessedness, that to be happy, to have God's grace bestowed upon you, to have God's hand, his touch upon your life, upon your family. We all want that, but too often we are filling our lives with things that don't matter most. We fill our lives with so many other ingredients, and in doing so, we wonder why we don't feel satisfied. We don't feel filled, you know? And so today what I want to get into, if, if being blessed is one thing, okay, like God wants to bless you, do you realize there is somebody who wants to take from you, right? There is. There, 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 there is one who is the enemy of our heart that wants to, the Bible says, rob. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. And so how many have ever been robbed before? Be honest, Anybody? I want to see some hands. Any, you been robbed? Did you get rolled or just like robbed? Like, like, look, I got rolled. I got straight up. My dad got like, man, gun in his chest. Take everything he had. He preached a tent revival, came back to the hotel, and literally gun in the chest, took his briefcase, took, took his car, took his jewelry. It was, it was serious. And then went to take his Bible, and he told the guy, he said, I'll fight you over that. Because he had had like 20, at that point, I think 20, 25 years of ministry, you know, uh, notes and such. I'll fight you over that. I can get, I get that. I get that. But how, let me see your hands again. Who, who's, who's been, you've been robbed? Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, some of you all have heard that story. I'm not going to go into it. But I had a bunch, maybe $1,000 worth of stuff taken, you know, from my, 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 my driveway while I was working on the house. And, and um, we'll just leave it. I got it all back. Let's just leave it at that. So the joke in the community was, don't steal from that man. He will come get his stuff. And so, and we did, but, but that, that, nobody likes to be robbed. Nobody wants that to happen. Um, um, when it comes to your family and your home, especially don't take from my house. Don't take from my kids. Don't take, think about your mamas. You don't mess with mama's babies, right? Every one of you, you're just like, you're, you're hardwired ladies to protect those children to do that. And there's something in all of us that just, we want to protect 
what's ours. We want to we bless. We don't want rob. We don't want taken from. We want to protect what's ours. We want to protect our kids. I mean, like little Arden just recently started bicycling without her training wheels. And, 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 and it was one of those things. I'm not a big, like, helmet guy. Should be, right? But, you know, it's like, eh, she's not going very fast yet. Yes, Ross, most fatal accidents happen going zero miles an hour. I know, I know, I know. But now she's getting the training wheels off. And so the helmet's going on. Does that make sense, you know? And yeah, so we put a helmet on her, especially at the graveyard. We go to the cemetery behind her house, and we ride. And she got real bold a couple days ago. <laughs> there is a hill. And she, what, going down the hill. And the pedals are swinging. Her legs are flopping. It was glorious. <laughs> but don't we protect our kids? We put helmets on them, right? In our culture today, we're applauded for protecting our kids physically. I mean, it's just like, like they're really good parents because they watch out so much, you know. You put headgear on your child and bubble wrap just to get them to go down to the mailbox to grab the mail. You know what I mean? Like, like we're applauded when it comes to physical protection. But listen, in our culture, when you try to protect a child's heart and their morals, you're often called overprotective as a parent. We're applauded for protecting them physically, but people will make fun of you when you try to protect them morally. Like, like, well, you don't want them to be, you you know, like they're in this world, but we're not of it, but you don't want them to be too too weird. Right? Hmm. Listen, we're going to find that God actually calls us to protect not only the physical nature of our children, but to also protect their hearts. That's a call upon us as parents. It's a mandate that we watch out for the hearts of our children. And the reason why is because we have a spiritual enemy who wants to rob families of purity. We have a spiritual enemy that wants to come in and do gross injury to the heart of our children, the heart of of our family unit. There's an enemy that wants to bring destruction. Amen? And so in Matthew 5.8, I love that whenever we see something like in Scripture where the enemy steals, kills, and destroys, God always raises a standard against the enemy. The Bible even says when the enemy comes in like a flood, oh, I'm, I'm drowning. No, 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 because God raises a standard against the enemy. You know? And here's the standard. You ready? It's Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, we understand and know, obviously, that this heart is not that physical thing beating in your chest, you know. It's our emotions. It's our will. It's our desires. You may say it's your inner self. I don't know exactly how you want to word it, but that, 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 that part of you, I think in the Greek, I think it's cardio, like we get the word cardio from. It's that part of you that makes up you. And today what I want to look at, I want to look at creating a culture of purity that can transform our homes, okay? Because the enemy would love to rob us and rob our homes of purity. And so Matthew 5, 8, as I said, blessed are the pure in. Everybody say heart, for they shall see God. Let me, let me get into that heart part first. There are two things that you'll hear people say in reference to hearts. They'll, they'll say this. They'll go, oh, she's got such a good, yeah, oh, he's got such a good heart, you know. And, and, the, and the thing about that is, it's like, eh, maybe, maybe, right? Maybe. Although that's the common saying, it's not true of any of us. 
It really is. Apart from Jesus, you'll see here in a second, our hearts are desperately wicked. So let me put this here. Without Christ, there is no such thing as a pure heart. There's no such thing. The heart of man. Yes, he's good. Yes, he's eh, maybe. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. That's the English Standard Version. One version says it's beyond cure. Don't, aren't you glad you have a Jesus? Amen? So I'm not saying that you can't walk with a, a whole heart. I'm not saying that your heart can't be healed. I'm not saying that your heart can't be pured. But I am saying apart from Christ, you cannot have a pure heart. It's not going to happen. How many know it's, it's hard to happen with Christ? I'm serious. So beyond cure, it seems, it says, who can understand it? Don't you ever ask yourself that? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why? I, I want to walk right, but I keep doing wrong. I, I want to get my mind straight. I was talking to a guy today. He's celebrating 600 days of sobriety. Come on, somebody. That's awesome. But man, there were so many times probably before that, and like you here today, like myself with things that I've struggled with, it's like, man, I'm going to get my heart right. I know. I can't understand why. And so we look to the Lord, verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart, and I test the mind. In other words, he examines us, and, and I want him to examine us today, man. So that, that's the first thing that we'll hear is, well, she has a good heart. He has a good heart. Well, I got a good heart. You know, it's like, I mean well. That's probably a good way of, you know, that might be the way we would say it. Well, I mean well. She means well. No, she doesn't. She's a gossip. She doesn't mean well at all. <laughs> you know, it's like, let me tell you something. It's just prayer. No, that's a goss. You're, you're, shut your mouth. No, I'm teasing. I'm sorry. Pastor has a good heart. I'm just. <laughs> the second thing that people will tell you about hearts is this just follow your heart. What? <laughs> just follow. You know, I've been praying about this. What should I do? You know, just follow your heart. How many has been, nope, I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Because Ephesians 4, listen, it says it this way. The blind, you ready? They are darkened in their understanding. Alienated. That word means separated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. Now, that hardness is actually a Greek present tense imperative. It means the hardening. It's, it's like it's happening right now. It's, it's not just that it's become hard. It's done. No, no, it's hardening. It's because of the, there's things that you may have one time said, there ain't no way, but now you say, well, maybe. Now, I'm not doing that, but now it's just a little. I ain't watching that, but maybe just a little. Why? It's the hardening of a heart. Then verse 19 says, they have become callous. Wow. You know, another translation says, they've lost sensitivity. That's heavy. Well, just follow your heart. But what if your heart's stone? Don't follow it. It will cause you to sink to the bottom of the lake. It's stone. Lost all sensitivity. And have given themselves up to sensuality, to greed, and to practice every kind of impurity. And here's the thing. You don't even realize it. Like, because our hearts have grown hard to the things over time. We miss it. We forget. We don't even realize what, you know, good example. Back, back when we had, like, the ability to go to movie theaters, okay? And it's coming back, right? 
But I can remember one time going into the theater, and I don't have good eyes. I'm serious. Rods and cones shot. I don't even know what that means. I just know I don't see well, okay? And especially in the dark. You don't want me driving you anywhere at night, okay? And if you do, if I do drive you at night, I will ask you, where do I turn to get into the driveway? Because I will not see driveways. I will not see, you know, store, like, like literally, turn now, Amy will say, okay? And she trusts me. That's crazy. <laughs> But I walk into this, into this theater, I can't see nothing. You've seen that. Like you walk from the light into the dark, and all of a sudden it's like it's just veiled. You don't see anything. And I go in, and I can't see, and I sit down, and it's about 30 seconds later I realize I'm sitting with a different family. <laughs> it was nice. It was a sweet little Asian family. They're like looking at me. I'm like looking at them. I'm like, we're not, okay. <laughs> so now I'm trying to find, and the guy even said, he's like, it was one of those times where there were not many people in the room, you know, and he's like, he's pointing to my family up there. Like, oh, that's okay. True. <laughs> but what happened? You walked in there, your eyes hadn't adjusted. You're in the dark. And you're groping, you're blind, you're walking around, you know. But all of a sudden, you get used to the dark. And the dark feels normal. It's crazy how, like, at one point, you can't see your family. And the next point, it's just like, yeah, you could probably almost read by the light of just the screen. Why? Because you got used to it. You see what I'm saying? Okay. That, 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 that's how our hearts are. They, they, they get into that darkness. You don't even realize it. And then it becomes something that just feels normal. Let me ask you, when it comes to feeding, where's, where's Pastor Stephanie? When it comes to feeding your baby, you know, are you going to worry if there's a little bit of poison in the bottle? It's just a little poison. It's not much. You know, how many know pools will open next week, right? How many pools have already opened? Really? And did you go swimming? Smart. But there's pools opening up. There's just a little bit of acid in the pool, in the baby pool. And it's okay. It's just a little acid in the pool. Well, no, you're not going to let your kid go into there. But we live in a world where a 15-year-old daughter can go on a car date, and you haven't even met that boy, that's that that. Demented evil child <laughs> that's fixing to take her out. You know what I mean? Or, or, or you have a 12-year-old who has a cell phone, and you have no app on it, no protection on it at all. Or you have it at home, a TV, and there's no protection at all on it. And you think it's going to be okay. It's not. Why? Because you have bad kids? No. Every child, and yourself included,'s heart is deceitful and wicked. It's just how we're wired to test the limits. Giving, giving kids money for things that you know that they're going to do with the money that you know isn't good. And I told you last week, you can give the children all the ingredients in the world. They may still burn the cake. Because they're free will beings as well, amen? But when they're in your house, this is the standard. That's been something that we've always taught our children. This is the standard in our house. You can have other choices, but this is the standard in our house, amen? Amen? I said amen? amen. All right. And so with that, you know, we, we, we will look and our world will call those things normal. To have that kind of latitude, that kind of freedom. Well, they're just figuring out. No, no, no. They are a little sinner that will become a big sinner. And it will take them further than they ever wanted. 
You've got to, as the parents, speak into that. Now, they have a choice to make for themselves as they become adults. But, man, as children and teenagers, we're going to talk about this. You've got to speak into that. It's not normal spiritually. Amen? Could it be that one of the reasons our homes are not blessed is because our hearts have been hardened? Is it possible that we've been darkened in our understanding and without even knowing that we've lost all sensitivity? Is it possible that now, because of that, we're beginning to indulge ourselves in all different kinds of, of evil and things? And I think that individual homes can say, no, I'm fighting against it. But is it possible that the church as a community is starting to be okay with too much sin? Not concerned about purity because of the message of grace that we have. And I love grace. Momentum Church is a grace place. Amen? But if you're sinning and choosing to sin willfully and abundantly and you're not convicted, it's not the word that is wrong, it's you. And you should feel convicted. And in that conviction broken, and that brokenness humbled, and that humility surrendered, and in that surrender changed. And your pastor's the chief of all sinners in this room. I have no clue, Kenny. <laughs> it was good, though. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be on recording. Because <laughs> I'm going to write that down and memorize that. That's some good stuff right there. <laughs> Uh, but I said, and the pastor's the chief sinner of all in this room. Is that the, that's the part you want? No, okay. It's like, oh, man. Uh, so what's going to be different in our lives? What is going, it, it, I said last week, we're not just going to be a Christian family. That's, that can just be a name. We're going to be a Christ-centered home. That's what should be di different. And being a Christ-centered home means that under this roof, we point everything back to Jesus. Under this roof, we strive for purity. Under this roof, that's what it looks like in our home. Yeah, yeah, I believe, I believe. Okay, I know you believe, but what actions follow? Go over and look in James. I think it was a chapter 2. It deals with all of that. I know you believe. Even demons believe. What does the actions look like? And being a Christian home, you can believe and not have action. But being Christ-centered means that Jesus is first in every way. He's not just part of my life. He is my life. Amen. That changes everything. That, that means that maybe some friendships won't happen in the future. That means that maybe some family members will not want to be around you anymore. That means some jobs you might have to quit. Well, I know they're a little bit immoral the way they do this and do that, but you know what? You got to make money. And you don't think God can take care of providing for you? It's purity of heart. And what I love about that is we, we give that onus back to God. Like, God, I'm going to strive for this, and it's going to create a mess. But God, I trust you. And, you know, I know it sounds real preachery, but I trust you to make a miracle out of this mess. I want to be able to keep on that path. Here's what it says in Psalm 119, 9 through 10. How can a young man keep his way pure? Or in other words, how can a young man stay on the path of purity? And here's how. By guarding it according to your word. Verse 10, with my whole heart. You hear that? Whole heart. I don't know about you all. Hearts work better when they're whole. 
All right? If somebody shoots you in the chest and now your heart has a hole in it, you will bleed out. But so often when it comes to the purity of our heart, we're okay shooting ourselves in the chest. We're okay stabbing ourselves in the heart. We're okay partitioning off. But he's so sweet and he's so good. And he's, so, he's not a believer, young lady. The places he takes you, you feel convicted about. The things he asks you to do and you want to do, you feel convicted about. But you, your heart is being partitioned. You're cutting a portion off and saying, here, buddy, here, sweetheart, I love you. Here's, my, here's that port. And you're bleeding out over here. Hearts work better when they stay together. Amen? Everybody say whole heart. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Can I give you kind of a family version of that scripture? How can our family stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. We will seek you with all our hearts. Do not let us stray from your commands. With all. Say whole heart. Yeah. And you may be here going, Pastor, I don't have a family yet. As far as I don't have children and things like that. You're, you're maybe a single person or a young person, a teenager, a college student. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're older, but you just don't have children. And you may say, but, but I can do whatever I want right now, right? I, I don't have all those responsibilities. This is my season for that because I'll get it right later when it matters. Right now, it's okay for me to take part of my heart and just cut it off and, and, and hear I'm going to give my heart to this. I'm going to give my heart to that. I'm going to give my heart to this. I know this isn't God honoring, but it's okay. It's all right. I'll fix it later when it matters. I'll fix it later when, when I'm older. I'll fix it later when I have a family. I'll fix it later. I know right now I run around a lot, but I'll stop that once I get married. I'll fix it when I find the right man. I'll fix it when I find the right woman. I'll fix it later. Listen, what you do today matters. Just get that in your mind. What you do now. We don't build lives of righteousness on foundations of sin. Young people, I want you to get that. Guard your heart. Let that be a heart of righteousness now. And we're going to talk about this toward the end here. Because we need God to help us with that. My heart breaks for you. It's not easy in our world. and It's getting even more increasingly difficult. So how can we go against the stream of what is normal today? I want to be abnormal. Amen? How do we go against the stream of what's normal? Well, we create a culture of purity. That's how. And just like here in a couple weeks, I'm going to be home with my mother, and she is going to make soup beans that are going to make you speak in tongues. I'm serious. Shout all over that little house. She's going to make soup beans and cornbread, and, and I'm going to indulge because it's my mama, and I don't want to break her heart, right? But you know those beans that are so good in that pot? They started off as a little seed or a little bean, and it created more. I mean, like, we think of the end result. How are we going to create a culture of purity? We just start with what we have control of. That's, I've said this before probably years ago. Seed is a miraculous little thing that holds within it a miracle. Isn't that cool? But that little thing, it, you have control of it. You have control of what's on your TV. You have control of what goes in your ears. You have control of what goes on in your home. You have control of those things. All those little things are like little seeds that get planted. So how are we going to create a culture of purity? We're going to start with a little seed. And I want to give you kind of three little things to get in your head. Three little things that will start to create this because creating a culture of purity does not happen by accident. 
Just like that, that, that soup being a mama's, that being a mama's soup, it didn't get there by accident. There was a farmer, there was a process, there was a, a, a season of planting and, and, and watering and all those things and weeding and tending. It was intentional from Ross Allen. That's what she calls me, Ross Allen. For her baby boy to get his beans. Intentionality, right? No, nobody ever goes through life and goes, whoop, I'm walking in purity now. How'd that happen? I'm sober now. How in the world did that happen? You know? I mean, like, like you guys know my story. I was 300 pounds. Whoop, I'm not 300 pounds anymore. Just an accident. No, it was intentionality. You know? Whoop, it just, just happened. No. Everybody say intentionality. Yeah, yeah. It takes intentional. So here's the first point of intentionality that we need to have. Number one, get your own heart right. A lot of times we want to look at our kids and, or our family members or our friends or people at church. Can you believe what they did? No, I, I, can you believe what you did? Can you believe what they think? Well, can you believe what you think? You know, get your own heart right. You set the tone when it comes to your friendships. You set the tone. Take that responsibility. When it comes to your work environment, you set the tone. When it comes to your, your children, your family, you set the tone. And let that tone be of this, leading toward purity. Set the tone to lead towards purity. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. In other words, set that tone to lead in purity. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You can't be separate from that, that seedbed of who you are. Well, this is my church life. This is my work life. This is my party life. This is my... Oh, everything. You have one heart. If you want to try to give the club heart your heart and try to give your work heart your heart and try to give this relationship that you know, that when you're with that person, you know what? To and through. I always joke about being to and through, you know? And now it's like eight and I'm trying to think something rhymes with eight. Nine. We'll do nine. Nine and you ain't feeling so fine. You know, whatever. But basically, you know, when I'm with that friend, I overindulge, you know, I get into drunkenness, whatever it is, you know? No, you, no, whole heart. You can't just do that and think it's going to be okay. Guard your heart for everything flows from it. Well, Pastor Ross, I get that. But you know what? When it comes to my life, I just let my conscience be my guide. Okay, Jiminy Cricket. How did that help? You know, good night. That's the problem, though, all right, when it comes to our hearts, when it comes to our consciousness, they've been seared, we saw in scripture. They've come to where the sensitivity has been diminished. And a lot of times we'll go through things, we'll say, well, it just doesn't bother me anymore. Maybe it should, you know? And guys, I'll give you one for me. I love, 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 love. And I know you'll be like, really? No, you'll be like, I bet you do. I love stand-up comedians. I mean, I, I love stand-up comedians. Ever since I was little, I would see like Benny, ben, 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 Benny Hen, um, um, Hinman, you know, and all the old, uh, Jack Benny and all the old ones, you know, and I'm like, oh, those guys are, since I was little, my dad and I would watch him, but I don't know if you remember, 70s and 80s, they started getting progressively darker and uglier and dirtier, and, you know what I mean? And so when I was backslidden, man, that, man, that was a staple diet for me, was stand-up comedians, blown away how brilliant Eddie Murphy was at 21 years old. Okay? I'm not going to say the name of the show because I don't want you to go look for it. All right? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. I got an ice cream and you can't have one. I'm sorry. But see, I got to go right back to it, you know? So, oh, you know, whatever. Just 
guy was brilliant, lost, act was corrupt, and so on, but brilliant, and it drew me in. And man, that's always been something, man. I'm just being entertained. It's just funny. You know, it's just humor. That's all it is. Maybe for some of you, you know, it's other things that, 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 that you laugh at. You know, racism has never been funny to me, but maybe things that are racist. And you're like, holy shit, it's just funny. No, it's racism. It's not funny. You know what I mean? Man, and that was something that I really had to deal with. I had to realize that funny doesn't make wrong right. I had to realize that. And that is something. I'll be honest. When I start to struggle in my, my eye gate, what I see in my ear gate, what I let myself listen to, that's where I'll lean toward. I, I'll find myself wanting to go watch old stand-up stuff. I, I just, and guess what happens? Your eye gate, your ear gate, next thing you know, stuff starts coming out your own mouth gate. Why? Because out of your heart, your mouth speaks. That mouth reveals what's deep down on the inside. And there's once in a while, something will come out, and I'll be like, oh, my heart's not where it's supposed to be. Amen? And you're like, pastor, you're so bad. No, I, I, I'm with you on this, guys. If we're honest with ourselves, we can try, though, to rationalize anything that's impure in our life. We can rationalize friendships that are wrong. We can rationalize thoughts we have that we know are impure and we should cast down. We can rationalize the stuff we watch. I'm not going to give you a list of those things because someone would be like, what? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? I, I, I think probably a good example that you could have is if you would want your wife doing that with somebody else on, like, like in real life, not on screen, because that's a, it's a representation of real life. So watching something, seeing something, and you're okay for your daughter or somebody to be experienced, to be, that may be something to go, yeah, probably shouldn't watch that. Just, just an example, All right? What we read, what we have, uh, the language we use, like I said, it's a representation of our heart, what we listen to, the attitudes we have. And, and I want us all, myself included, to get to that place where like, like Lord, Convict me of those things that are impure. Because I recognize that I may be seared. I recognize that I may not feel conviction. That, that I can't use that. Well, I'm not convicted about this as the, the litmus test if it's pure or not. We just can't. We can't use that. And that's used so often. Well, I'm not convicted by that. If it's very black and white here, and there's a lot that is, okay, if it's very black and white, then at that point, whether I feel bad about it or not does not matter. I, I heard it said years ago, feelings come, feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. Not else is worth believing. I can't trust my feelings, but I can trust this. Amen? So, second, number two. Parent to the heart. So the first is take care of your own personal holiness, your own personal purity. Number two, when it comes to your children, parent to the heart. What happens is most of us as parents, we parent to actions. We correct actions. We stop that, Johnny. Quit that. Stop pestering your sister. And as long as Johnny stops, quits, and stops pestering his sister, then we're good. Stop it, Mac. You're being ugly to your sister. And as long as he stops, he's good. I shouldn't tell this story. I'm not going to use names. I didn't get permission for this. But a person in our church, their child, it was great, said something mean to his sister, his, his brother, and the dad said to the child, why are you doing that? That's not how I taught you. And the boy says, I know, I'm doing it by choice. <laughs> I'm choosing, that's what it was. I'm, no, I'm choosing to do that. <laughs> like, like, at least he recognized it, you know? <laughs> There's a choice. 
But no, and I know that parent, and very much parents the heart, not just the actions. And so most of us, though, we parent actions, but we forget to parent the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jesus, he would focus people in on the heart. Like, like, like well, I'm not a murderer. Right, okay, I get that. The action that you're going to do, you're not going to murder anybody. Good for you, you know. But the hate that you have, that's the heart. And Jesus would say, you're already a murderer. You know? Well, I'm not going to cheat on my wife. The Pharisee would be like, hey, I'm not an adulterer. I, I know. But then Jesus doesn't look at the action. He goes to the heart. And he says, but the lust of the heart, you might as well be an adulterer. See how he gets past action and goes right to the heart? With the Pharisees, Jesus said, the problem, I love this, the problem is the outside of your cup and your dish is clean, but inside where the heart is, it's filthy. I'm kind of paraphrasing that, but that's, that's what he's saying. Inside where you eat from, oh, this looks great, but you're okay putting filth into your body. You're okay. And Jesus, he got on to them hard. And we've seen it with our children. I, I, like just a couple days ago with Mac and Arden. You know, say you're sorry. Mac had done something, you know. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're stupid. <laughs> Wait a second. That's not a sincere apology. So he's giving me the action, but not moving his heart into repentance. So do you let that go? No, you got to coach you got to minister. you got to train that part as well, right? <laughs> they did what's, what you asked, but where's their heart? Always think of that, all right? So that can happen a lot of ways, you know? It's like you can't go out tonight. <sighs> they slam the door of the bedroom, the teenager, and they're all upset and stuff. And Yeah, they're compliant. They're not going out. But speak to the heart. Try to find out why is it so important for you to be there. It may be that they're dealing with a pride issue. And if they're not there, they're not in the in club. And so the heart issue is that they don't feel like they're part of the in club. Well, I don't want my children to feel like they're in club people, you know? Well, I'm, I'm going to be looked at weird if I'm not at that party. Okay. You know? Now, again, as your kids become adults, they can do what they're going to do. But when they're in your house, it's differently, I mean? And so you, you coach to that. You help them understand the value they have apart from those friends. And so you're trying to find the heart of the matter, not just the action that you're correcting. So we try always to work for the why behind the what. This is what I want. No, you're wrong. You can't do that. Why do you want that? This is why I'm angry, and you correct the anger, but why are you angry? You're going from the what to the why. Why? Because the heart really, really matters. Why? Because lasting Action, right action comes from the heart. Number three, we're going to close with this. Number three, pursue perfect purity of the heart. Pursue perfect purity. And I'm going to break this down. First, I said pursue, pursue, and the reason why is because we can't achieve it on our own. The pursuit is something, you're on an adventure. You're, you're pursuing purity of heart. You can't, you can't achieve it on our own, but with the help and power of God, we're going to be able to pursue perfect purity, Okay. That's, that's the goal, is to pursue perfect purity. Why is perfect purity our pursuit? Here's why. Because anything less than perfect purity is impurity. That's why. So we pursue perfect. Well, nobody's perfect. No, I know that. Jesus is, and we're supposed to strive to be like him. 
We're supposed to strive to come into the, the growth and grow into the image of Christ. That, that's our goal. Okay, your, your friend Billy isn't the goal. Well, I'm better than Billy. My dad would say, go live with Billy. <laughs> Billy's not the image of Christ. Billy may be great, all right? But that's not the goal. Can I, can I throw this out? Husbands, well, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than most. I'm better than... My wife hates it when I talk like that. No. Well, don't act like that. No. Own it for yourself. Amen? Amen? Own it for yourself. So perfect purity. We're striving for perfect purity. Ephesians 5.3, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because there are, these are improper for God's holy people. So a hint, not even to be a hint. That's the goal, not to even have a hint. The question is, how much impurity do you let in? How much? I mean, this is saying don't even let there be a hint. Not even a hint. There was a 12-year-old boy, last story, and the 12-year-old boy wanted to watch a PG-13 movie. And um, the mom knew, man, this movie is just full of stuff, you know? And the little guy, he says, but mom, there's not that much bad stuff in it. And so she said, okay, you can watch the movie, but first... I'm going to make you something. And so she goes outside. She has him go into the living room. She goes outside, and she goes to where the dog does what the dog does. And she gets a little bit of the dog's stuff. Just a little, a couple spoonfuls, that's all. She comes in, and she gets her brownie mix, and she puts her brownie mix in the bowl, and she puts two spoonfuls of dog stuff in the stuff. And she mixes it up, and she makes some brownies. And she's like, got your movie ready, buddy? Yeah, 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 it's all in. I'm ready, I'm ready. Well, here, I made you some brownies to enjoy your movie with. Oh, thanks, Mom. You're the best. So he gets ready to open up the movie. But hold on now. Hold on, buddy. Here's what you can understand is that plate of brownies, I have two tablespoons of dog poop in it. Wow, oh, gross, ah, yuck. You know? And, and the mom just goes, it's just a little poop. It's just a little. That's all it is. Just a little impurity. Do you see how that works? See how that plays out? What's your standard going to be? What is it going to be? And this scripture says not even a hint of impurity. Not even a hint. Not any kind of impurity. That's a, that's a big goal. Yeah, it is. Guess what? I will fail that goal tomorrow. But tomorrow's not today. And today... I will strive to walk pure. Amen? I'm not going to take thought tomorrow. I'm going to strive right now to not make excuses and to walk pure before God and my family. See how, how that works? All right? And here's what happens. When you find purity by the power of God, that's, what that, that's leaning into his presence, not just moral purity. Because, you know, moral purity alone will cause a person to be very self-righteous. How many met people like that? I mean, like, like, I'm so holy, I'm so glad I'm not a sinner like you. Well, right there, you just ate the, the poop pie. I can smell it on your breath. <laughs> that was gross. That was good, though. <laughs> yeah, because you just, you just walked into hypocrisy, or you just walked into to, to self-righteousness. That's just as much of a sin, right? But, man, when you get beyond just moral purity, but truly the purity that comes from the power of God, when God literally starts to change your heart, what happens is you stop desiring what you once desired and you start desiring what matters most. 
You start to desire what matters to him, and that's when you find that real blessing. And what the way scripture said it this way, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Can you imagine seeing God in your health? Can you imagine seeing God in your finances? Seeing God in your marriage? Seeing God in, in everything that you're, I mean, like, 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 a prophetic word comes to you because you're close to God in purity. And God gives you the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And a prophetic word rises up. And you are able to speak it forth to a friend. Not weird. Yea, thus saith the Lord, thy God. No. But you're able with that prophetic unction. Man, I, I, God sees you in your darkest moment. And he sees this, this, and this. He sees how you're hurting over this, this. And, and the person just under, under that anointing is just weeping because... You're a friend that knows, not because you knew, because the Holy Ghost revealed it to you because the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, how did God know this? Because God is seeing this moment, and you're seeing God, and God's seeing you, and you're seeing his victory in this moment. And whew, That gives me chills just thinking about the moving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See a deliverer. See a strong tower. See one that's powerful to get you past addiction. See one that can bring peace in the midst of any storm. See one that can grab your hand and walk you through the fire. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Just imagine that. When you're pure in heart, you see the power of God in a way that literally you will never be able to imagine. But pastor, what if I've already messed up too much? It's too late for me. It's too late for my family to get it right. Nah. It's not too late. I will give you a new heart, he says. And I'll put a new spirit in you. And I'll remove from you your heart of stone. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. If my talk of purity today offends you, if you're finding yourself pushing back, well, they're just judgers. They're just old. They're just that old mindset. They're just not walking in the full grace. It could be that your heart has grown cold and hard. And I want us to challenge that because there's a standard of righteousness that we can't achieve on our own. It does. It takes the power and goodness of God through the person of Jesus Christ to give us that. I want us to stand to our feet. If you're here today, and I'm going to have both hands up. If you're here today and there's things in your life that you know, man, there's some things. There, like, like, like there's a half a spoonful, quarter spoon. I don't care what it is. There's some stuff stuff in my mix I'm not making excuses for it <clears throat> just bow your head and bow your eyes I, let's, 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 let's get our hearts in a place of repentance before him Don't making excuses David was a mess he was a mess in scripture but in Psalm 51, you can see that he gets to a place where he's like, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. If that's the kind of prayer you have today, I'm putting both hands up. Can you just raise your hand and surrender to Jesus all around this room? Create in me a clean heart. Everybody say that. Say, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me.
Give me a new heart. Put a new spirit in me. Pray, say, remove Jesus, my heart of stone. Give me, Jesus, a heart of flesh. Make me sensitive. Let the anointing come right now, Jesus, I pray. The callousness of our lives, let the anointing like oil come upon those calluses and begin to soften our hearts that we might hear, know, and respond to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.